Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're gonna be breaking down my week number 10 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season, going in-depth through every single matchup from Thursday Night Football all the way until Monday Night Football from the tight end position. But before we can get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my weekly rankings, as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure you guys check out the Patreon link in the video description down below or in the pinned comment. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 10 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Carolina Panthers at the Chicago Bears. In terms of tight ends, this isn't the most interesting matchup because there's really only one start-worthy tight end in this game. Hayden Hurst, even in a wet dream matchup up against the Chicago Bears, there is no shot that I would even be willing to start Hayden Hurst. He has only had one game inside the top 20 at the tight end position this season in PPR all season, and that was all the way back in week one where he scored Bryce Young's first ever NFL touchdown, so there's no reason, in my opinion, to even consider starting Hayden Hurst. In terms of Cole Komet, we are going to be seeing Bajant likely be the starting quarterback yet again for the Bears as Fields is listed as doubtful for the game. I think at least, hopefully, their next game we see Justin Fields under center and honestly I think if this game was on Sunday or Monday instead of Thursday there would have been a much higher chance that Justin Fields plays now Komet has had eight or more targets in back-to-back games and even finished as a top six tight end in both of those games now I will not sit here and claim that Tyson Bajan is the answer in Chicago to be the franchise guy but maybe now he and Komet have developed like a 5G LTE solid connection that Komet could finish as a top six tight end yet again. I mean, the matchup is certainly there for him to do so. Am I going to rank him inside the top six at the tight end position? Fuck no, baby. But there definitely is a possibility that he has yet another solid game in a row. Now we move to Germany. Guten Tag, the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Now, Hunter Henry, for me, is going to be a fringe start in this game with more targets going the way of Mike Gesicki as of recently. I think there's a lot more risk involved when it comes to starting Hunter Henry in fantasy football compared to the start of the season where it's like Mike Gesicki was irrelevant and Hunter Henry was the clear tight end number one. Last week against the Commanders, he had four receptions on seven targets for 39 yards and a touchdown. The upside is certainly there up against the Colts defense, but again, with more usage of Mike Gesicki as of recently, the safety is not there for Hunter Henry. Mike Gesicki had only one target last week, but that hasn't really been the normal because he's getting around three targets per game. Obviously, three targets per game is nothing to write home about, right? It's nothing special, but it is enough to kind of fend off a huge Hunter Henry performance in most weeks. 
But with Hunter Henry outplaying him all season long, I would be nowhere near starting Mike Licky on my Gasicki. Uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, they have Kylan Granson. Now, Granson returned from injury last week in Carolina with two targets for zero receptions. He has had a few solid games this season, but for me, I'm not trying to overthink things here up against the Patriots defense that's pretty mid. Again, Granson's had his time in the limelight, but as of right now, I think he's best left. Left on your bench. Next up, we move to the real Sunday slate, the Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. A very fun game at tight end for one of these teams. Irv Smith last week, Irv found the end zone against the Buffalo Bills in prime time. With that said, though, he has had four or fewer targets in every single start of the season outside of one. And I always make these jokes, you know, even a blind hen finds a grain of corn every once in a while, right? So Irv Smith scoring that touchdown to me is a little bit fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy. There is no need to try to get super cute in this matchup and start Irv Smith. Maybe we will see after that game against the Bills, hey, Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty is making a effort to throw the ball more to Irv Smith and he becomes more of a red zone threat. It's like, okay, now we want to start Irv Smith. But again, a one-off big game doesn't make me want to just magically change my whole philosophy on Irv Smith and roll him out there with confidence. So he's a sit. Dalton Schultz had his best game on the season last week up against the Buccaneers with 10 receptions on 11 targets for 130 yards and a touchdown as the tight end number one on the week. Now the Bengals defense has continued to get better and better as the season has gone along, but at the end of the day, they aren't the best defense when it comes to stopping tight ends. I think Schultz could easily be a top six-ish tight end on the week to me. At this point in the season, I know Schultz didn't start off the season on fire like Hunter Henry, right? He was a guy that I was banging the drum for all offseason. It was like, okay, maybe Nick was a little bit ridiculous here. Maybe he was wrong. Maybe Dalton Schultz sucks donkey cock because this offense won't be able to do anything. But... As we've seen, after the first couple of games of the season, Dalton Schultz is heavily involved in this offense. And even when Stroud was kind of just coasting, right? Not dropping his nuts on the defense like he did up against the Bucks, we have seen top six performances outside of Dalton Schultz three other times, and that doesn't even include last week. So for me, Dalton Schultz up against the Bengals is certainly a must start. Next up, we move to the New Orleans Saints at the Cold Lake Minnesota Vikings. So when it comes to the Saints, they're going to be using both Taysom Hill as well as Juwan Johnson. Taysom Hill has been making people miss all season, like when Marcus Williams tried to tackle Stefan Diggs in the playoffs. I know if you're a Saints fan, that one was probably a dagger into your heart. It's a revenge game for the Saints here. Obviously, none of the same players are on the team. He has been a top six tight end in all of the last four games. The projections on ESPN, NFL, CBS, all basically give a swirly to Taysom Hill. They make Taysom Hill out to be some baby back bitch like his name was Samuel Tarley. So I think Taysom Hill is a lot better than that. I think he's probably close to a lock to get you at least eight points. And for me... The upside is too high not to have him ranked inside the top eight at the tight end position. In any given game, this man could throw a ball, he could catch the ball, and he could run the ball. Most games, he's catching and running the ball. 
So he could throw a touchdown, run in a touchdown, and catch a touchdown. Obviously, that is like the point zero 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 one percent outcome, right? That's not very likely, but it's plausible like a Mythbusters episode. So Taysom Hill at this point in the season with him running as hot as he is again, he has been a top six tight end in all of the last four games. You have to roll him out there with confidence. I get Nick, the Vikings defense is really getting a lot better. I get it. I agree with you. Brian Flores has really turned these boys around, but at the end of the day, you have to start Taysom Hill. Jawan Johnson returned from injury in week eight last week up against the Bears. He had five receptions on five targets for 29 yards and a touchdown with Taysom Ballin though at such a high level and with Taysom Hill even getting usage in the red zone in terms of catching passes I would just stay away from Jawan Johnson especially again with the Vikings defense getting a lot harder stay hard David Goggins as of recently TJ Hawkinson with Dobbs there you can be 100% confident in Hawkinson every single week and twice on Sunday. He will always be ranked inside the top five for me at tight end due to his immense skill set. And most weeks, he's ranked inside the top three. This week, there's no Kelsey. So Hawkinson really does have a much clearer path to finishing as the tight end number one. Last week against the Falcons, he had seven receptions on 12 targets for 69 yards. Very nice. I like this is a solid matchup up against the Saints. Again, he is a must-start every single week. If you play in three leagues and you're watching this video and you have Hawkinson in every single league, there was virtually no reason to even click on the video because you knew you were going to start him. Next up, we move to the Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Fryermuth has been out, so Connor Hayward is the tight end one on the team. There is no way to me that anyone in their right mind, any sane person, would even consider starting him, so I don't even think we need to talk about him. Connor Hayward is a clear sit. I'm not going to waste my breath talking about him too much. Luke Musgrave finally broke free and found the end zone last week up against the LA Rams. Now, I have been giving Luke Musgrave the metaphorical Gawk Gawk 9000 special to Musgrave all fucking season because all of these metrics you can look at, all these great analytics will tell you that Luke Musgrave is knocking on the door of that great game. He's doing so many things correct. It's just the targets aren't necessarily always there. Jordan, love me, tender, love me, sweet, is missing him at points. And finally, after praying to the fantasy gods above, that finally led to scoring some fantasy points. Let's hope he is able to keep it up here. But due to the matchup up against the Steelers defense, to me, Musgrave is definitely close to being a fringe start, right? He's just the tip in to be a starting tight end. Definitely not a guy. Again, I love the talent of Luke Musgrave, but here against the Steelers, I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum aggressively telling you that you need to start Luke Musgrave. Next up, we move to the Titans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It helps me out a ton. For the Titans, we got Chig Akankuwu. I think Levis may have the ability to give the, you know, the, the revive, give him a little revive, quick revive, Call of Duty zombie style to Chig. But even so, I have to see him crack, jump into the top 12 before I truly believe it. Now, we just saw Dalton Schultz dick down the Bucks defense last week. But again, Chig hasn't been a top 12 tight end once this season. So to me, I'm not trying to galaxy brain things. I like Chig. I think he's a very talented tight end. 
but he needs to actually do it before I start to believe it. Seeing is believing. Kate Otten has been very involved over the last three games with six or more targets. Last week was his best game. By far. Like, by a wide margin against the Texans with six receptions on nine targets for 70 yards and not one but two touchdowns in that game. Now, we've talked a lot about Cade Otten all season. I've always talked about how Cade Otten is in a situation where prior weeks before he started to really see a lot more targets, like six or more targets of the last three games, like I said, was kind of a guy that was a prisoner of the situation he was in. He had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White, all guys that command a decent cut of the pie in this offense, right? They were all guys that need targets, and that kind of left Cade Otten as the odd man out. But recently, Otten has been getting his piece of the pie, and last week, like I said, he gave the Texans a goddamn cream pie. So up against the Titans' pass defense, I love Cade Otten this week. Am I going to go crazy, go loco, and rank him as like a top eight tight end? Of course not, but the upside is certainly there. Next up, we move to the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a potential Super Bowl matchup. Now, we got George Kittle and Evan Ingram. Anyone that has enough brain cells to rub them together would have known that George Kittle and Evan Ingram are both starts. Now, George Kittle is the quintessential boom or bust tight end in fantasy football. Most weeks, he's either a a top three tight end or a guy that is stumbling, bumbling outside of the top 24 at the tight end position. Last time out prior to the bye week was up against the Bengals in a game where the 49ers got a little bit spit roasted in that game, right? The 49ers got dicked down against the Bengals. He had nine receptions on 11 targets for 149 yards. And Kittle actually recently had a rare mid-game where he didn't go absolutely bananas, but he also didn't shit the bed, which was very shocking to see out of Kittle because, again, he is a very boomer bust tight end. You whip out the Webster's fucking dictionary. Dictionary? The dictionary, if anyone still has one of those. You look up boomer bust tight end, and a picture of Kittle is just there. It says no words, it's just a picture of him. Now... It is important to note that Debo Samuel will be back this week, which I think throws a wrench into things here. But I will always start Kittle knowing damn well he might mess around and have 40 points. He might also fuck around and have four points. It's just the kind of dice you gotta roll on Kittle Weekly because the upside is so astronomical. Moving to Evan Ingram. Ingram is basically the polar opposite of Kittle. Ingram has been one of the most reliable, one of the most safe tight ends in fantasy football all season long. He has been a top 12 tight end every single week outside of week five up against the Buffalo Bills in London. So just throw that game out. It wasn't played on U.S. soil. Prior to the bye week in week eight, he, well, their bye was week nine. Week eight was the last game against the Steelers. In Pittsburgh, he had 10 targets with 10 receptions for 88 yards. Again, there's a lot of question marks about Calvin Ridley every single week, but you want to know who has virtually zero question marks? He's not the Riddler. It's Evan Ingram, right? It's very easy to figure out. You start Evan Ingram every single fucking week. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, David Njoku was a guy that I started to panic a little bit about going into last week because we saw the return of Deshaun Watson. I personally figured that Njoku's value would definitely take a high dive since Njoku really only performed with P.J. Walker, XFL legend, under center. Now, Njoku has scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks and obviously greatly beat out my expectations of him last week. Now, 
Anyone with a brain rocking around in their skull knows that this matchup isn't a wet dream. This is far from an ideal matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. I would start him. He's going to finish probably anywhere from the tight end 13 to 18 range, but I think that top five potential big performance out of Ninjoku is severely limited this week by the matchup. Mark Andrews is one of the best three tight ends in the NFL, making him a start every single week. The Browns' defense is great, but they're actually pretty average in terms of their stats up against the tight end position. Even with the woes of the Ravens' passing attack recently due to them just rushing the rock a million times, and basically the defenses just can't stop Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, and Justice Hill. So why even throw the fucking ball in the red zone? With that said, though, Andrews has been able to keep his his head above water. You would be absolutely fucking crazy to rank Andrews outside the top three. So you're firing him up with supreme confidence. Game number nine here, the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, again, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. Thank you guys for reached 30,000 subscribers truly crazy and if you are new to the channel or not make sure you leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton so Kyle Pitts I am personally praying to the football gods above that the Falcons lose this game so that Arthur Smith can be fired Arthur Smith fantasy football doesn't matter I don't give a fuck about your fantasy team well fuck you up yours pal because hey you know what? If you didn't care about my fantasy team and the Falcons were one of the best teams in the NFL and everything was working fine, okay, I get it, right? I get it. You just lost to Joshua Dobbs, okay? Go fuck yourself, buddy, okay? I'm hoping the Falcons lose that they fire Arthur Smith. Again, I went on a rant, a tangent in every single video. I don't get how you can lose to Joshua Dobbs who got traded like three or four days prior to that. A guy that didn't even... They had to practice the snap count on the fucking sideline before he went out there that the team knew when to go. He didn't even know all the plays. And you lost to that. And you still have a job. I have been a guy that has been starting pits when he was down in the gutter. So even with him being pretty middle of the road recently, I will keep rolling, uh, rolling him out there. The upside is immense, but at the end of the day, we all have to acknowledge that he may be very, very bad this week. Now, when it comes to Janu Smith, I think I've cracked the Konami code here onto why Janu gets so much usage, and it's because Arthur Smith is his distant cousin. They got the same last name. Duh. Last week, he was the tight end five with five receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. Again, I don't actually think Smith is on the same stratosphere, the same fucking planet as Kyle Pitts. But if Arthur Smith continues to be such a fucking bozo, we are going to continue to see Janu Smith get a lot of usage. And again, whether you like it or not, it is inevitable. Shout out to Thanos that Janu Smith is going to be seeing targets. Before we break down the Cardinals part of this, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today they have a great offer for you guys. But first, I want to explain how the Pick'em game works. Now, this is being recorded on Tuesday morning, so there aren't as many choices right now as we get deeper and deeper into the week. There are going to be more picks for you guys to choose from. So right now, looking at the Carolina at the Chicago Bears Thursday night football matchup, we are going to go with Chuba Hubbard higher than 45 and a half rushing yards, and we're going to have to match that with at least one more pick 
from a different team. Now, right now, there's only one pick out for the Chicago Bears, so we're going to scroll all the way until some of the Sunday games, and we are going to go with higher than 246.5 passing yards. I think C.J. Stroud is going to have a solid game yet again up against the Bengals. If both of these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you put in a 1,000, you'll get out 3,000. Obviously, you don't have to put in that much. You can put in as little as or as much as you choose up to the maximum for me is $1,000. Now, if you want to do three picks, it's six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks, if they all hit, is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of the states listed on your screen right now and are new to Underdog and use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. If you deposit $500, they give an additional $500. If you do $100, it's additional $100. $50, additional $50. $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. When it comes to Trey McBride, he's going to be a start just like Kyle Pitts and Janu Smith. With Kyler back, I am feeling a lot more confident in Mr. McBride. Trey did shit the bed last week, but honestly, what was he supposed to do with Clayton Looney Tunes under center? That guy was just atrocious. The week prior to that game, he had 10 receptions for 95 yards and a score against the Ravens. I doubt he'll go that hard in the paint yet again, but he should be able to at least eclipse 10 points this week to be start-worthy. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Chargers. A pretty fun matchup on paper. When it comes to the Chargers, they've got Gerald Everett. They've got Donald Parham. Everett is one of the more boomer bust tight ends, but his boom is not like Kyle Pitts where it's like 30, or George Kittle, I guess, where it's like 30 points. More of like, hey, he got 13 points, right? He is, though, a boomer bust tight end in fantasy football. He will probably get around 25 yards on a few targets. If he scores a touchdown, you'll be happy. You'll be fine. If he doesn't score, you'll be very, very sad. And with them using Donald Parham so much, I would definitely just avoid Everett in this spot against the Lions. Sam Laporta has been a top 10 tight end in back-to-back weeks and has been a top 10 tight end in six out of eight games on the season. This week, coming out the bye, I expect the Lions to come out on fire. I love this spot up against the Chargers defense. Laporta, as of right now, is my tight end number one in my rankings. Next up, we got the New York Football Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, without Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger is the starting tight end for the New York Football Giants. I think this guy has some talent based upon what I saw out of him last season, but with Tommy DeVito under center, the upside probably will not be coming to fruition, especially since, you know, you match DeVito with the fact they're going up against the Cowboys defense, a recipe not of sugar spikes and everything nice like the Powerpuff Girls. This is a recipe for a disaster. Jake Ferguson has been a top 12 tight end in back-to-back weeks with a touchdown in both of those games. Last week was his best game by far in Philly with seven receptions on 10 targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. I am just erect. Pause. Thinking about metaphorically erect, you know. I'm not popping a chub underneath the table here. Maybe I am. Who knows? But I love this matchup against the Titans. My, the Giants. Remember the Titans, the Giants. My only worry is that the team might just be dogging, dogging out the Giants, and they just stop passing, which was very much the case in week number one when these two teams played. Washington Commanders at the Seattle Seahawks. 
The Seahawks at tight end every week is the same spiel, so I'll give it to you in super fast moda, like an only use me blade video back in the day. Noah Fant, I say this every single week, but the Seahawks use too many tight ends to start Fant. At the end of the day, even if Fant was the clear alpha tight end on this team, there's a lot of competition, and Geno Smith sucks ass, which makes Fant even less desirable. For the Washington Commanders, left hands up, who are we, the Commanders? Logan Thomas had somewhat of a down game last week against the Patriots in New England with six targets for four receptions and only 31 yards. We know, though, he has a solid involvement inside this commander's offense, and we know that their starting quarterback, Sam Howell, has been pretty solid. And even if the Seattle defense slips up again, we could see Logan Thomas finish inside the top 10 at tight end. His range is kind of in the decent start at the tight end position. With the tight end position being so hit or miss, He's a starter weekly, right? He's kind of in that range where, you know, you're not feeling infatuated with the tight end like Trey McBride. But you probably have to start him, right? He's not in the range of, for instance, like a Kelsey, if Kelsey was playing this week, like a Hawkinson, an Andrews, a Laporta. But he's also not in the range where it's like you need everything to go right, like Gerald Everett, for him to be successful. Next up, we got Sunday Night Football, the New York Jumbo Jets at the Viva Las Vegas Raiders in viva las vegas so both of the tight ends here are a sit michael mayer has 100 percent cooled off as of recently over the last three games he has not scored more than three fantasy points i still think that michael mayer can be a solid tight end at the national football league level but against the jets the kembe no 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 tyler conklin looked great last week against the chargers on monday night football six receptions on six targets for 66 yards my problem with conklin has been stated most likely roughly seven gazillion times this season and it's the problem with all of the jets players and it's that zach wilson is holding him down, right? He is the reason why Conklin can't ascend to potential greatness weekly. He is a good enough tight end to be start-worthy in matchups like this. But again, you know, the Raiders' defense isn't the best. But with Zach Wilson there, you have to just close your eyes, fucking stay away. Moving now to the final game here, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Bills. I am going to be starting Dalton Kincaid here, and that should be a shock to absolutely nobody. Three straight weeks as a top eight tight end with seven or more targets in every single one of those three games. Kincaid is extremely involved in this offense now with Knox on the IR. And for me, in my opinion, he needs to be in the top five conversation at tight end. Not only for this week, right? But for the remainder of the season. I get that the Bills as a team might be very bad. Like, that that's definitely in the realm of possibilities, but... The main reason is because the defense sucks donkey hog. And with the defense being so bad, they have to throw late in the game, which actually helps out, you know, guys like Diggs, Kincaid, and Josh Allen a ton for fantasy football. So I really think with without Knox, like you have to start talking about, oh, hey, Kincaid is a league winner at the tight end position. He has only scored one touchdown this season, but I feel like if you're going to be seeing as many targets as he gets, and as well as having some solid usage inside of the red zone, the red area, the touchdowns will be coming his way. Adam Troutman sees virtually zero targets. He's like the polar opposite of Dalton Kincaid. 
on a week-in, week-out basis. He only has two games on a season where he has over three targets. I know the Bills' defense is quite soft as a whole and definitely against the tight end position, but again, there's no reason to just think, oh my god, the matchup's so great, let me play Adam Troutman, right? That would be fucking crazy, so don't do that. Thank you guys all so much for watching again. I really appreciate you guys all so much. Thank you guys so much. That's so much four times in a row. For 30,000 subscribers, it means the world to me. Without you guys, none of this is possible. So I genuinely appreciate all of you, whether you've been here since day one or you subscribe today. I still love you. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you enjoyed today's video, make sure you guys hit that like button. If you're new, make sure you smash that subscribe button like it owes you some money. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys all. Hope you have a great one. And as always, good boy!